Well, welcome to our You Talk Live. We are continuing on with our self-quarantine with COVID-19, and it's been an interesting time, I think, for everyone. And Katie, it's been really interesting for you because you actually had to go to the ER the other day, didn't you? I did, yeah. So I have not been feeling well for a couple of weeks and um, like really high fevers, chest pain, um, just freezing, like just can't get warm. And my doctors are like, well, maybe you have it. And then finally this weekend, they're like, you know what, you need to go to the ER and get looked at and get checked out. So I was actually in isolation in the ER over the weekend and they all decided that I need to go get tested for the virus and be quarantined. So um, I'm wearing this beautiful mask and I'm going to be exiting and um, Steve's going to come on. um, So I will not be with us for the whole show, but I just wanted to come on and say hi and um, tell you guys, you know, why I was not on the show. But it's been a very interesting experience. You know, it's very weird being in isolation in the hospital. That was probably like the freakiest part because you go in. And, like, you can't even, like, go in anymore. Like, you go through all these checkpoints, and then everybody, like, just, like, puts on all this stuff before they even come near you. And then they literally, like, lock you in a room, and, like, your door has to stay shut the whole time. And nobody's allowed to enter or exit except for, like, your nurse and your doctor. Hmm. And they have to get completely, like, several layers of gowns and gloves and masks and the, the protective gear. And, um, like, you're not even allowed to leave the room for the bathroom. Like, they bring in, like, a bathroom to your room. What? Yeah. Wow. Like, so it, it was very weird and kind of creepy because it was the middle of the night I was in there. And it's, like, two options. Either leave the lights all the way on or be in a black, dark room. And I was like, um, you can leave the lights <laughs> on. <laughs> you know? It's, tonight's episode, we're actually talking about fear and anxiety through this whole episode. I mean, the pandemic episode of the coronavirus, thought that kind of tied in really good. Yeah, well, I'm sorry you have to go through the isolation, um, but I mean, I guess it's better to be on the safe side. So they haven't gotten back to you with results, or you're not even sure if they actually tested you, right, for COVID-19? No, I have to go get tested, um, and they don't keep anyone in the hospital. They only keep very severe people in there at this point. Like, you can't even have visitors or anything if you're at the severe level just because they're trying to keep the level of it down. Um, right. So I don't know. They think I have it, but I have to go get tested to confirm that I have it, and I have to isolate like I do have it. So um, if anyone's going through that, I can relate because it's, it's weird. I wouldn't say I'm anxious, but it's a little like, oh, what's, do I have it? Do I not have it? Especially when you have more immunocompromised issues, it's even more of a threat to your system. So then people are kind of like freaking out. What can you do? If you have it, you have it. And you just have to really treat it and do what the doctors tell you and just try to recover. So, Well, and you and you just mentioned you've been dealing with some other health issues with your immune system and actually a whole host of other issues. I mean, kind of share a little bit about that in terms of like how you've been coping with, you know, a lot of the stress behind that and, and some of the anxiety uh, that you've experienced. Because I know, you know, I think you, people are just experiencing the COVID-19 uncertainty, but you've been going through this for the last few years. 
Yeah. So um, when you're first diagnosed, you or you have the symptoms, you really don't know what's going on. And it is a little scary because you're like, what is going on with my body? Am I ever going to get better? Like, you really don't know. You're like, is it something really dangerous? Like, what's happening? You want to freak out. But then at the same time, you're like, you know what? Like, why am I going to freak out? I really don't know what it is yet. There's no reason to totally freak out yet. You know, let's just do what the doctors tell us. Let's just go through the testing. And really, whatever you have, you have. You can't change that. So what's the point of freaking out over it? So really, I think the best way is to find, like you said, coping methods. And I kind of think what I did, just talk to a lot of people. Like I kept it secret. And then I realized like talking to people was the best thing to do. And then another coping method is journaling and really um, like writing, stuff like that. That's kind of what I did and exercise and eating right. Those are really, you know, the kind of the coping mechanisms that are, you want to find stuff that's, that's not harmful. You know, a lot of people turn to the drugs or other stuff like that. And you want to find the healthy stuff to cope with. Yeah, no, well, we, we hope and pray that you don't have COVID-19, but at least, you know, you're, you look like you're not feeling terrible, um, but that hopefully you're improving each day. And we love you, Katie. <laughs> hopefully you'll be able to rejoin. So, I mean, not that anybody's rejoining society yet, right now, but at least be able to walk around the house a little bit more than just have to stay in your room the whole time. Yes, I will be in quarantine for two weeks. So I may jump on next week and just say hello and then get off. So sounds good. Um, so I think we're going to bring in Steve. So we're going to do a little yeah. switcheroo here. Hey, Larissa. Hey, Steve. Uh, you are now in the hot seat. And oh, it's hot. <laughs> as Katie goes to self-quarantine now, I realize you had to wait a little bit. So you weren't, you were like six feet away from her before you sat down. Yes, yeah. yes. Absolutely. Safe distancing. And, you know, I'm even learning how to practice with a mask. I'm not wearing a mask tonight, but I had to wear one for the first time today because it is the law at this point in time yeah you know, and it's outside it's, of your house it's not exactly um fun to wear a mask uh you know it's hard to breathe that's for sure we did a, a little video uh psa about masks uh <laughs> involving <laughs> some star wars uh that uh actually dr josh you probably would in, in, appreciate that i don't know if you've seen it yet but <laughs> uh we we my husband, a significant other, and I uh, did a little funny video about what would happen if Darth Vader orders uh, delivery. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I've seen it. It was funny. And, and the expression on your face was classic, you know, especially as he's going, get back, get back, you know, give me that distancing. It, it was, it was good. It, it, um, fortunately, when I went into the Italian market today, uh, Claro's in Southern California, I, they didn't tell me to get away. I had the mask on. Right. Well, I think, you know, it's like the plain medical thing. I want something that's a little more fashion statement, you know. Yeah, Katie had a very fashionable one. Yeah, no, I got to go looking for that or, you know, just something that that isn't just plain. But it's kind of weird. I don't know about you. It's just freaky to me going out. I mean, because normally you think somebody's wearing a mask, they're pulling the heist, you know. They're going to rip somebody off is what they're doing. It just feels so uncomfortable, I was saying, you know, I really just don't want to do this. I just, and I, then I thought, well, you know, some friends said, no, you need to do it. It just feels funny. So again, that, that anxiety and, and I think we begin to wonder, is this thing going to be over anytime soon? Statistics keep changing. Stories keep changing. It seems like there's a flat line now. Hopefully that will reduce some of this 
fear because uncertainty is going to be there, I think, until we know here's the timeline, you know, as of whatever this date, we're going to try to head back to normal. So the uncertainty is going to be a part of it. But the fear and the anxiety, and I imagine it's worse for some than others. I also feel like some people, you know, depending on like where you're consuming your information and your news, right? Right. I think that feeds into the fear, you know, where some people are like, you should only limit your, you know, news consumption to once or twice a day and don't read the news or you're like your news feed, like right before you go to bed, because you're going to go to bed very, very anxious because all of a sudden all you're thinking about is all the negative news that you're reading. And it totally wrecks your mind. No, it does. And, and, and it frustrates me with, with uh, the lack, I think, of integrity with some of the news organizations because I think some of it is fear-mongering, you know. And, and like, I've, I've had the, the TV news on, you know, at some point if I was in the kitchen doing something and to hear, you know, breaking news. And I'm going, where have you guys been? That happened yesterday, you know. And it, it's, it's kind of that underlying kind of a thing. So you really do have to be selective. You have to be careful. And maybe just turn it off. For a period. Yeah. Well, and I also think like people, there's just so much in the rumor mill or like you said, like fake news or whatever you want to call it. Um, You know, I have like my aunt who keeps texting me or my mom who keeps texting me and she's getting people like forwarding her things about like all these fake messages about Uh, like, oh, everything's going to be on lockdown. You won't be able to leave your house. And then I have to point everybody to like their the official like state of California or the, the U S you know, the federal or wherever you see listening or, you know, from it's like, you need to kind of go to the official channels and see what the parameters are because there is a lot of fake information going out there. And it's just like, especially like people that are older. So like, you know, help take care of your parents in terms of like letting them not be anxious. And because I I think sometimes the younger people actually aren't as like freaking out as much. Yeah. You know, maybe it's because we are like, Oh, you know, we're, we're not necessarily in the demographic that's at like, at risk maybe we just feel like we're more invincible or whatever <laughs> it's the the adage of I, it'll never happen to me right and yet you look across the board ages and they're saying hey there is that age you know bracket where you're way more at risk than others but you've got younger people dying we look at the list of celebrities and and uh, performers and i mean it, athletes it's been crazy i mean it really has so uh definitely i wouldn't buy into the it won't happen to me yeah. But at the same time, you know, I know like some person was telling me like, you know, a friend of mine was like, yeah, but every time you report like all these like cases, hundreds of thousands, it makes it sound like all of them are going to die. But actually a much smaller percentage is actually yeah. going to die. Yes. It's just a lot of people are getting infected. And so it just feels like it's it's pervasive. But actually the number I mean, there are a lot of people that have died. So yeah. I don't want to minimize that. But certainly the percentage is a lot lower than, you know, in comparison to how many people actually have it. No, absolutely. And I think that's a good point because it um, you can really begin to freak out when if you start listening to some of these numbers and, and then not processing them and saying, OK, well, you've got X number of people that are infected with it. But that doesn't mean that they're going to die. I mean, a lot of people, but people like, uh, you know, Tom Hanks and his wife, Rita Wilson, you know, and, and we could go right down through the list. So. I think it's having a balanced perspective. And I think um, maybe that's what Dr. Josh can bring for us since he is the professional. We invited him. If you're not familiar, if you're just joining Utah now, Dr. Josh is part of the Utah crew. And we bring him in from time to time with his expertise. And and, uh, we also let him talk about being a Trekkie because uh, that truly is part of his 
being and his dinosaur blue that he takes everywhere with him. So why I think Dr. Josh is kind of in the wings. Yeah, I'm going to get off. I'm going to make room for Dr. Josh right now. So I'll see you guys later. Hey, talk to you soon. And we're going live with Dr. Josh. Dr. Josh, Hello. good to have you. Yeah. But this whole thing of, I'm going to use the word coping. You and I have had lots of conversations about coping with different kinds of things. Now, this is, this is a new one for us to have a conversation about, and that's why we wanted to have you on. You've got an expertise that we're grateful for and help to unpack this. I mean, you, you think of this, yeah. this pandemic that's happening and the fear, and, and I mean, I'm thinking of students who, uh, hey, school's done. It, it, it's over. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm interacting with people who are saying, hey, I'm not going to have a graduation. There's going to be no prom. It's awful. You know, I um, parents saying, hey, my son or daughter, you know, um, aren't going to they're not going to be walking in the ceremony. And students are having to scramble to get online to to find out, you know, what's going on to what they how, what they have to do to to finish their credits and all. I mean, it's pretty crazy. Let's start there. I mean, how do you sort through all that stuff? Yeah, I, I mean, there's there's obviously a lot going on and uncertainty, the unknown is a big part of it. I mean, I, I kind of think of two main paths on this is one, there's legitimate, honest grief and loss. Yes. The way, just even the way we do life yes. is different. Even we talk about sunny Southern California where we all live here on, yeah. on Utah, but we've had a lot of rain, right? Oh, when my little ones have too much energy yeah. and all their extracurriculars are canceled. I can't even shove them outside. I mean, I, I can make light of grief and loss about that, but even being able to walk around the neighborhood, some of those things are gone. You start upping that to proms, graduations, weddings, vacations, bigger things, even outside of health status. These parts of our lives, the things we love to do, our hobbies, there's losses there. And, and, yeah. and it's important to just acknowledge that's a loss. Yeah, and we may never be able to get it back. Sometimes, you know, we'll be able to get the smaller things back. At some point. I mean, just, just spend it hanging out with friends is, I mean, sure. you know, and, and, and I know there's some people that are giving students grief, you know, because they're having a hard time letting go of that. That's part of their life. You know, it, it, it's absolutely to, to be able to spend time with friends. There's nothing wrong with that. And, yeah, we've spent a lot of time hanging out online and, you know, texting back and forth and, you know, video chatting, whatever it happens to be. But there's still that big element because relationships are so important to us. Absolutely. You know? and, and that's gone. And you just, yep. interesting side note that you gave there, that if we ever get that back, some of these things are, we can't recover. We right. can't recover a graduation. We can't that's recover right. a prom. I mean, yeah, you could schedule another one, but it, it's not the same. It's it, not it, the same. I think a lot of that's going to happen anyway. And that I think is, is the other theme is things are different. Anytime there's change, change is fundamentally stressful. Even if it's good change, True. change is True. stressful. Now, Absolutely. a lot of this change, I mean, is good from the perspective of we're here doing things to help our broader community, to help other people, mm -hmm. right? There is a self-protection piece, but I think it's really important to remember for many of us, Death rates may be lower from a percentage perspective, but sure. by doing the physical distancing, it's not me I'm protecting. It's other people. 
Absolutely. It's other loved ones. It's easy to forget that. Yeah. But those kinds of things thrust upon us. When change is forced upon us, that makes it even harder. So one of the things I definitely recommend, and I think Katie kind of alluded to some of this at the beginning, is building some kind of structure and schedule to your life Mm. really can be helpful. Knowing what to expect throughout the day, building a new normal. A lot of people, and even today we're talking about, when will we get back to normal? And I think what people mean is, when will we get back to the way things were? And I'm not sure that will ever be the case. Yeah, I, and I think- we, Nor should it be necessarily. You know, and, and that whole concept of, of building some kind of a structure, I was just talking to a, another good friend of Utah, Gerald Carter, he's been involved with our, our Rock and Red uh, events for homeless teens here in LA. And we were, you know, I was telling him, hey, getting some advice to start working out, believe it or not, I'm back at it. I'm trying to do yep. the jogging every day yep. and weightlifting. And because and, I mean, he is a he's a gold medal winning weightlifter and power lifter. And that whole he used the word framework, which I really like. Mm. You know, I'm I'm trying to get into that schedule of, of where I have certain things I, I need to be doing. I've got my to do yep. list. Um, I heard another uh, well known drummer, Kenny Arnoff, who is he's phenomenal. I mean, this guy has played with almost everybody recorded with him. And he challenged me in the sense of, you know, every day he's going to a studio. Now, he's the only one in the studio, but he's working on his craft. And uh, some of you know I am a drummer, and I've started that as well. And I'm going back to the basics, kind of the rudiments, and working on those. And I'm realizing I need to work. And, and I think it's important for us not to just let the days go by. Have a to-do list. I mean, that's what Kenny is saying. Hey, get that. I've got my to-do list, and I'm going through it. So I, I think that's a healthy thing, part of coping, a good way that's to right. cope. Even if it's getting up, take a shower, get breakfast, have some sort of routine. For many people, can be very, very uh, valuable. And I think that that's a really important balance here yeah. is hope is critical in these times. Oh, oh. And that isn't the opposite of for lack of a better word, being stupid, right? Let's not be ignorant. Let's not put our heads in the sand. You know, wear a mask when you go out. It helps other people's lives. It's like putting on a seatbelt when you drive in, in the car. If, you know, we really look at the statistics of car accident rates. I might never drive, especially with my kids in the car, right? Yeah. So I have to have hope that I'm a good enough driver, that I can be a defensive driver, but we put things into place that are reasonable cautions. So we have physical distancing right now. We have masks akin to defensive driving, drive the speed limit, put on seatbelts. We don't complain about those things anymore because it doesn't just help us. It helps other people as well. To have that added, and again, attitude is so important here too, to have that attitude saying, hey, I'm not going to do this. I don't want to do it. Think of the big picture. And thinking of other people, thinking of yourself Getting rid of that attitude, is it ain't never going to happen to me because it just might. And, and if it doesn't, you could hurt somebody else. You That's just right. don't know. But you don't have to be paranoid. I don't think in any stretch. I agree. It, it, it's know, it's just, making good, yeah. wise decisions. That's exactly. wisdom. My wife and I, we, we did a home birth for our littlest. And part of my theme was don't be stupid, right? If there's a risk factor or something, go ah. to the hospital. If ah. all is looking great, fine. I mean, we have a hospital two miles from our house. So the, the risk was low, but that that's some of the pieces. And I think that that can help with our coping with the anxiety is be aware of what the risks are. I mean, again, don't put your head in the sand when, again, using driving as an example, when we think I'll never be in a car accident. Well, you know, go, go back to Joey. I mean, and, and I, we grew up in an area where 
there were lots of fatal car accidents. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had high, one of the highest death rates uh, in the nation, I, I heard at one point, and from our high school. Every wow. year, we had people who died from our school. Yeah. And it's not all, it wasn't all their fault. There were a multitude of reasons. Young folks die in car crashes. Well, you know, young folks uh, die of COVID. I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but every 15 minutes is a program that I've been part of going into schools with law enforcement. And every 15 minutes, uh, a young adult dies as a result of, they say, distracted driving. That could be, you know, anything from uh, being on your phone, texting, uh, music, whatever. In fact, I'll never forget, I was in Orange County uh, at a high school where just a couple of weeks before our um, every 15 minutes with the, the highway patrol, um, a carload of students were on their way to the prom and uh, the driver reached down to pick up a pack of gum, lost control of the car. Uh, two of the people, including the, the new ASB president were killed. Of course, mm. she and her boyfriend were not wearing seatbelts, simple thing. And several others were uh, injured. The driver Minor injuries, but there it is staring you in the face. It's that that simple thing of life is so precious and we don't know. So, and, you know, of course, my theme for the, the assemblies is choices. Make good, Here's how to make better choices, you know, uh, simple but better. That's right. And, and I think that this is a time when we're hopefully getting back to what are our priorities? What are our core values? If it is about taking care of other people, that's what all of this physical distancing is about, is loving one another, taking yes. care of one another. And, and as you said, relationships, social support is vitally important. When we talk about coping, finding some way to maintain the meaningful connections, finding meaning in our lives, there's ways that we can do that still. And that, I hope, will take us forward into a better new normal. So what do you want to do for the structure of the day? Maybe it is connecting with good groups online. Maybe it's encouraging other people who really need it. Maybe it's going out and picking up groceries for the people who can't get out of the house. There's people, part part of my church, who are doing that because we have a massive retirement community of people in their 70s, 80s, 90s, which includes a nursing home. They've been on lockdown completely. Yeah, they yeah. have it, needs. It, they have because they're so vulnerable. You know, right. I think it's what I what I hear you saying kind of underlying is get your eyes off yourself. And, you know, because things change. I, I know for me, I, I'll just speak for me. When I get my eyes off myself, it's a whole different world out there. You know, and I, I'm yeah. reminded of the what is called the golden rule, which is treat others the yep. way you want to be treated. Simple. I mean, we're not talking rocket science here. Yep. I mean, it, it's it's simple stuff. Take care of other people. Look at other people. And I can almost guarantee if you do that, you're going to get that aha experience. You Absolutely. Know, you walk away and go, oh, I, I want to do this again. And it could be as simple as just texting somebody to check on them. But sure. this is all part of this coping mechanism, you know, because it, and That's again, right. you and I have talked many times about this, that, you know, don't do to students, don't do this. Don't, you know, you hear adults, you know, uh, doing this a lot, you know, parents sometimes say, hey, you guys should do this and don't do this. And, okay. But there's an underlying factor. Why? So in this, sure. here's the uncertainty of, of COVID-19, the fear factor. Maybe you've lost a friend a relative. I, I would think everybody knows at least somebody who has tested positive for it, possibly somebody who's died. 
you know, and I guess we know indirectly by looking at celebrities who've lost their sure. lives, you know, sure. it, um, and you don't expect that to happen. I mean, they're a celebrity, right? Right. Like, right. Well, like the British prime minister who's in yeah, ICU. Right. Like. <laughs> no, and fortunately he's out of, of ICU now, right. but this is the new normal. This is the, the new reality, right. at least at this moment. So let's find, what are some other ways that, that yeah. we can cope? Well, and, and I, I think, you know, with, with the, caveats of what Larissa and Katie were also talking about in limiting our news intake. It's, I, I think it's important to know what is going on because yes. that affects the Absolutely. risk factors, but we don't have to dwell on it. No. No. I, I, one of the things that comes to mind, especially that you're talking about with kind of getting our eyes off of ourselves is gratitude. That is a great oh, practice oh, yes. in general. So many people unemployed, Many of us have jobs. I work from home normally and then travel. Now my travel is gone, gone completely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm busier than I am normally. And I believe Absolutely. I've got a very secure day job and I am very grateful. Most of us have homes. Most of us can take a walk around the block. Yeah. There are things to be grateful for. You know, I'm complaining about the rain in Southern California. I'm grateful we've got rain because yes. you know what? We all know we need a lot of it. That, absolutely. absolutely. We may not have access to all of the things that we normally would, so I can't go out and go to an amusement park or a movie theater. But imagine if this even happened 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Oh. The access to things that we have now, totally different experience. It's so different. And, you know, I'm I'm thinking back to what Larissa and Katie were talking about a few minutes ago in the show. Journaling. What about, as part of the journaling, just everyday listing I don't know, three, four, whatever, half a dozen things that you're grateful for. Simple things. I'm grateful for the shelter from the rain. I'm not out in a tent somewhere. I'm not homeless. Um, I'm grateful to have food to eat. In fact, I have plenty of food to eat. Even if I don't like it, it's food. Toilet paper, you know? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) well, let's just get right down to the basics. And then, I, and then from my phone, I can order food. I can order sure. toilet paper. I could order, and people will come and bring it to me. Like it's it's magically happens. Yeah, but but I mean, showing gratitude to those folks. I, I like the journaling too. Often we know that writing things down, and and more by hand than by typing, quite frequently. Yeah, but it, it, whatever works for you, and it, you don't have to share it with anybody. No, but no. the gratitude piece. You know, journaling is also really great to be able to acknowledge what our fears are, our worries, our anxieties, our concerns. Writing it down allows it to kind of get outside of us. And and now it becomes more of this thing. And I can see, all right, I am very concerned that my loved one is going to come down with COVID and die. And that terrifies me. Yes. You know what? That is a legitimate fear. Just by being able to write it down and what we call externalize it. We can say, okay, now I know what this thing is. Is it okay to be afraid? Yeah, absolutely it is. Sure. And it's safe. Like you said, you don't have to share that journal. That's and right. By the way, I, right. I hope nobody is, is uh, with us right now that, that kind of sneaks into a brother or sister's room or whatever and kind of try to go through it. That's, that's their world. That's private. That's right. That, that that's right. should not be. And you don't have to share it. You can pour your heart out there and and externalize it. I I, I love yeah. that term. Uh, Josh, we're we're gonna need to bring things to a close, but I think we need to continue a conversation with you. One more thing that that you think is just critical to coping. I'd mentioned social support before, but I also want to really highlight exercise, physical activity. 
Exercise is really the number one coping strategy for both depression and anxiety. Really? We underestimate it. It's good for our overall health. Katie was talking about healthy eating as well. But even just pacing inside of your house. I, I have an inside bicycle. I used to ride my bike to work for exercise because I hate exercising. <laughs> I've used that a few times. You know, we, we even, we, we thankfully got a bounce house on clearance in the fall for the boys and it fits in our living room for those rainy days. No way. Great way for their energy to get out. When we're inside and have anxiety, if we kind of look back at us just biologically, anxiety gets you ready to fight or flee, that running oh, away. Oh. Your body's getting ready to do Say something. That again, just so people catch yeah. that. Anxiety, fear, it gets our bodies physically are getting ready to either fight something off, a bear running at you, or fleeing, <laughs> run away from the bear. Uh, I don't know which one's better to do. It depends on the size well, of the know, bear. I, I, <laughs> it's encouragement, uh, frankly, because since I've got myself back into a routine, and, and fortunately, I live in an area where there's some horse trails, you know, yeah. and I can get out on the horse trail and and jog, and uh, it does. It clears my mind. Yep. It releases energy or pe being pent up. Yeah, that's uh, right. Gives me a different perspective. And I jumped on the scale today and went, like what's happening, it, big it, guy? It, it, it's, it's, that, going it's, down it, a little it's bit. It's a nice added benefit, you know? But, but you imagine if your body is getting ready to fight, to flee, it's getting all this sure. literal energy and tension pent up. And then we come and we sit and we watch something. And we're <laughs> quarantined in our houses. I mean, right now, that's really a, a big issue, right? Where does that energy go? <laughs> and you wonder if you're having trouble sleeping or you no. got a backache. I won't complain about the things that, that none of that's happening to me whatsoever. Exercise is a way to let that energy out and it really can help significantly. Plus it's part of your routine. Now, how about an uh, in-home bounce house party? You know, like we could have a Utah sponsored one. Where we <laughs> around. I, I don't know. I'd like to see. That would be fantastic. And we have to have it on video. <laughs> hey, as always, Dr. Josh, we, we love having you around. We're glad that you're part of the Utah crew. And uh, for those of you that would like to reach out, you're feeling anxious, you'd like to chat a little bit more, um, you can reach us, you know, of course, on social media. Uh, you can also text us, text the word Utah to 411-247, or go to our website, utahradio.com. But we're going to continue this discussion and uh, please, everyone, be safe, be healthy. We'll look forward to talking to you soon. This is You Talk Radio. 